0: You know, I got to tell you, I was alluding to earlier today that warm, windy rain that we had yesterday late afternoon. And I was out like on the back porch doing a little work and hanging out. And I thought to myself, you know what? It is a good day to be a gardener, right? Because people like to get out when it's not real hot. And when the weather starts to kind of dry up, they get out there and play in the dirt a little bit. And the weather has been cooperating. And now, you know, heading into the holiday weekend, everybody is thinking about getting out to one of our fine sponsors, getting all the stuff that they need, and definitely getting into the garden if they haven't done so already. So today, it's your day to plug in with two of the best, both from TribLive.com, he from EverybodyGardens.com. We're going to have Miles coming up in a little bit from Davy Trees and, of course, uh, all mean everything that you need to know about gardening. That's what this program is about. So get on the phones at 866-391-1020, Dollar Bank, instant access, kdkradio.com, or you can text me on the right automotive line, the best deal in town. And also right now, as an added bonus, we've even got more. I'm going to give the 10th caller a $25 gift certificate from Sorgals. So get on the line for that as well, too. But now, here is Doug and Jess with this week's edition of The Organic Gardeners. Good morning, guys.
1: Well, no gardener's ever going to complain about warm, windy rain. I'm Jack Oster from Everybody Gardens and the Tribune Review.
2: And I'm horticulturist Jessica Walliser.
1: Boy, you were shot out of a cannon this morning.
0: I just feel really energetic today. You had today. about two paragraphs worth of stuff there in two, two minutes. I was hoping somebody <laughs> would slap me and stop me because I was figuring, how do I stop this? And by the way... If it's...
1: you want someone to slap you, uh, Bambino's standing right there. No, no,
0: he, his slaps don't even hurt. He does that every day. Uh, 412-922-1020 is the number to dial for those gift certificates. But wasn't it a kind of a very pleasant day yesterday afternoon, even with the rain a little bit i was
1: in the garden all day it was awesome i enjoyed it getting some stuff in the ground and uh looking at everything it's just it's an explosion <laughs> you know how fast it, it happens you know it, it just i don't know you know you got that spring where it's kind of like okay here come the daffodils okay they're gonna get there but then you just turn around and like rodenters are blooming azales are blooming this is growing that's growing it's crazy it's wonderful though
2: for me, the start of the season is when the honey locusts bloom. On the side of the road, you get the honey locust trees. And I, I always drive with my windows down when, when I'm on Route 28 because there's all those honey locusts and they smell so good. And that to me is like... Spring is official oh, for now. For me, it's you know? a re-
1: return of the rose-breasted grosbeak. Oh, that, that When yep. I see that rose-breasted grosbeak, there's no turning back. Or is it the daffodils, the harbingers of spring? <laughs> I, I don't know.
2: Or is it the dirt under your nails all the time, like twenty-four-seven this time of year? So it's, oh, it's all just nice those to,
1: it's just nice to get in the ground, you know. It is. And just you know, push those plants in there and find a spot for them. And I, I can't believe my vegetable garden's almost filled up. Wow. You know, it's all early stuff, overwintered stuff. I got, yeah. you know, I, I was looking yesterday. I was like, okay, well, I do have. Okay, I know the tomatoes are going to go there. Well, your
2: paths are a little wide. You can always make the paths more narrow, right? <laughs> no. So you can fit more no, plants in there. those paths have been walked
1: on too much, you know. But it's just, it's the corners and the edges of the beds that I always add You need stuff.
2: to, that would be a great Everybody Gardens video, Doug. Build some, build raised beds. Build some nice, like waist-high raised beds in that garden.
1: That sounds like a lot of work.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, you can. have. Have somebody put him in for you but that would be cool well have, that sounds like a lot you know? of money oh geez well you could get somebody maybe to help with the videos and all that kind listen, of listen he needs that cool. money for his
0: kayak his fishing right pole. i know
2: his fishing habit exactly. he's a little fishing junkie there Obsession, so yeah we
0: call it guess what i realized yesterday tube from hanging out with you two a lot of these things that we love, like azaleas, rhododendrons, all of these things that bloom, they're not around real long. The wind kind of comes in and blows them up on yeah, the front porch. That's why we have
1: to appreciate them. That's the, my next story. Actually, is I went out up to Butler and talked to an eighty-some-year-old guy. It's his whole life has been making azaleas and making rhododendrons, and to you know walk his twenty acres with him. He's he's wow. I think I think it's eighty-five, eighty-six. He's he's hiking along, and he looks back at me. and goes, "You okay with walking?" <laughs> I must have looked like a...
2: That is not a good sign, Doug. No. Yeah, I'm okay for walking. I'll be all right. I'm just checking out this rhododendron over here. Yeah.
1: Well, I yelled up to him. You know, he was like, you know, 100 yards away. Like,
3: I'm coming.
0: Like the kid's on vacation. Are we there yet? All right, listen, we're going to uh, get ready to get to the phones in just a moment, but Doug has a couple of things he wants to talk about, and then we'll roll to a break, and we'll come right back and get to your phone call. So 866-391-1020, dollar bank, instant access, kdkradio.com. Congratulations. Congratulations to Joe, our winner of that $25 gift certificate from Sorgals. Doug?
1: Well, today is the 16th annual Everybody Gardens Doug Oster plant swap and giveaway, 10 a.m. at Sorgals. Just sold it out there on Thursday at Sorgals, huh?
2: It was a great event. All yep. Right. Thank you to everybody who came.
1: Today, 10 a.m. Sorgals, bring your perennials and other plants to trade labeled and nothing invasive, please. I'm also giving away a couple tomato plants, Limbaugh Legacy Potato Top Tomatoes. I've been giving those away since 2000. It's a great old-fashioned, big beefsteak tomato, and also the tomato called 3945. It was introduced to me by the late Dan, Dan Cummings. He helped name the variety that was found on the battlefields of World War II by Joe Roberts. Both tomatoes are just wonderful heirlooms, and all I ask when you get those tomatoes is once you grow them out, you save some seeds and give them back to me so I can keep those varieties going, and I've got a few surprises there from my own greenhouse there I got some cannas and some other weird tomatoes and we're gonna have a lot of fun today 10 a.m at Sorgles.
0: so tell me about sorgals with you how was it
2: oh it was great yeah i taught a container gardening class there um on thursday night we had a lot of fun um it was a packed room and so many great plants there and it i have to plant my own containers i spent yesterday um, mixing up potting soil and filling up I my, have containers, to plant my containers, containers. I have too. to get more potting soil too. That's a little bit crazy. But I shot a video of how I do my uh, homemade potting soil, so that'll be coming out soon too.
0: Hey, before I forget, next Saturday at Andy Amron's E V True Value, peat Moss from Ambridge is gonna be out there. So I'm Pit do, Moss. Like I said, pit moss. peat moss. Yeah, pit moss, P I T T moss, right? <laughs> See, I went all the way out there on the limb to give some love and I screwed it up.
1: It's okay. I give up. Pit, I'm done. It's early. It's early. Pit, it's Pete. Early. It's pretty
0: close. Um, all right. Going to be a busy day here. Every single line is on hold and ready to go. Let's uh, head out to Munho and say hi to Michael. Up first on the KDKA radio program, the Organic Gardens with Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser. Good morning, Michael.
4: Good morning. How are you today? We're doing good. What's going on? Hey, um, question for you. I called in yesterday, but they told me today would be a better day. Um, I have three Cleveland pear trees. Uh, that, I, that I put in the ground about 13 years ago. One of them I lost last year, totally lost it. This year, one of them is really thin, and the third one is doing great. So I'm trying to figure out what I should do for this Cleveland pear tree. It's very thin. It blossomed okay, but the leaves and everything, I mean, you can see basically way through it opposed to the other real good one that, um, you know, it's nice and thick around the the trunk this one here doesn't seem to be doing well you know it it blossomed every year it bloomed every year really nice but never really got as big as the other one but um it's it's really really thin that you can all i'm afraid i'm going to lose it so what do you suggest that i should do to try to you know get it more vibrant
2: yeah i um...
1: (laughs) am well first off i mean I wonder what show we called in yesterday. Was it like one of the weight loss shows or something? <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: probably the hardware show, right? Was it Andy's show maybe? But anyway, um, so Cleveland pear is also known as Bradford pear. They're a very uh, common tree. The unfortunate, and you are seeing the unfortunate side of these trees, is when they hit about 10, 15 years old, um, they have what are what are called weak crotches which is the splits in the branches are very very weak. These trees are prone to cracking, splitting and major decline as they hit about 10-15 years old. This is sort of the, a, a common sentiment in our industry is that gosh, why do people keep planting these Bradford when, when you or Cleveland those, pears. Talk to those
1: guys from Davy Tree, they're just like they you know yeah. or any, you know, hort person they're just like Stay away. Yeah,
2: these it's one of those things that just to the point where they're blooming and they're lovely and then this decline happens. And so there really truly isn't much that you can do about it. Um, It's being recommended actually in many different municipalities that these trees be removed because they're actually also invasive as well. They're seeding into wild spaces because the birds eat the fruit and then they go and spread them and um, you know displacing uh, native plants and things like that so in many cases many municipalities are actually recommending that you cut them down and replace them with uh, a better substitute a tree that it may be like a service berry or a dogwood um, or even a, um, a Carolina silver bell or something like that that is going to have a longer life and not going to be as prone to the decline as the uh, Bradford pears are.
0: All right, up next, it's Darlene in that community of Swickley, Pennsylvania. Good morning, Darlene.
2: Good
3: morning. How are you?
1: We're doing good. What's on your mind?
3: Um, you missed your video opportunity. We've had the shrubs removed for the close planting, but I have a dead tree in the yard, and I want to keep it for the birds, and David wants to rip it out. It's really close for the hummingbirds to sit on.
2: Oh, darling, you're going well,
3: to make us pick sides, aren't you? Yes, you you have to, because <laughs> I think I could put some lights on it, and it'll be just fine for the birds to sit on.
1: All right, can it, it fall, fall on the house?
3: One? No, it's big. It's I've been here six years, and it was here before me, but it's... It's not, I mean, it's not a, you you can put your fingers around it. It's sticky like that Uh, in the yard.
2: Oh, it's a real thin tree, so it's not like a hazard or anything.
3: Right, no, it's sitting next to the raised beds.
1: I guess the question is, who's who's in charge there, you know?
3: Oh! Who's going to make this decision and and who's going to? You know, wait, you know, I'm going to see you at 10 o'clock today. You better stop that. Well,
2: Darlene, can I make a suggestion? Do you know what a bottle tree is? I do not. Okay, so a bottle tree is sort of like a southern garden tradition. And it's where somebody would take a dead tree or an old tree like that, and they would cut the branches off so that they're just like foot-long kind of Stumps remaining on there And then they take colorful wine or beer Bottles like those cobalt blue ones Or bright green ones and they stick them on The ends of the branches right through The through the hole in the bottle And it creates this bottle tree google It bottle tree and you'll see Like um, these southern bottle trees And they're like a thing they're like a decorative Thing people do in their garden so yeah, Dave could could get out there and
1: decorate it for you Well
2: he could drink all the beer and the Wine Right. right and then yeah Yeah so you know what's the one that comes in the blue bottle is a blue nun or something like that yeah yeah sounds like a plan. there you go <laughs> <We'll> <laughs> thanks s- darlene we'll see
1: it at sorgos at 10 darlene
0: <laughs> it's eleanor in allison park for doug and jess on kdk radio good morning eleanor
5: good morning and thank you for the show i always enjoy it thanks but, uh my question is that uh, i'm moving in june and i have some i have about four rhubarb plants and i think most of them have um produce seed heads this year which i cut off but i'm wondering if that's a good plant to move with me because i love the rhubarb uh or does that mean it's the end of you know it's going into decline or move would be too stressful for it
1: well i don't think you get new rhubarb i don't think you have anything to lose by trying to move it i mean you got a mature plant there and the fact that it's going into seed i don't think is a problem you'd cut those off i'd dig them out and move them if it was me
2: Okay, it's good for me.
1: Well, let's hear what Jess has to say.
2: Oh, I would do the same thing, yeah. Is
1: that why you're nodding over I'm, there? That
2: is why they, I'm nodding, yeah. They can't hear you nodding. I can't hear me nod, but no, I, you can hear me nod. So, yeah, I would do the same. Just big, make a nice big clump of soil from around those roots. Don't just get just the plant. Get a, Because you're moving it in what, summer. What do you like
1: to make out of that rhubarb?
2: Oh, I make pies. Um, you know, in the spring
5: I'll put uh, strawberries in with the rhubarb in the fall, apples, uh, sometimes even berries. Oh, raisin, rhubarb, raisin. Ooh. and mm. then I can do all the same things to make a little jam, uh, jars of
0: of jam. Nice. Oh, that sounds awesome. Wonderful.
2: <laughs> well, enjoy your rhubarb, no matter where you're living. Yeah.
0: All right, Marion in Slippery Rock. How are you? Welcome to KDK Radio. Good morning.
2: Hi. Um, I had a question about succession planting. mm Hmm. Um, like, do you? When you're taking out the first plant, do you pull the plant or do you cut it off to leave the roots before you plant the second crop of something of a different plant? Uh. That's a very good question. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm thinking myself. In most cases, when I'm doing it, the plant's done. So I'm just I'm just starting anew. You you're know? ripping the whole uh, thing well, out? Well, in my case, it would be like garlic. Yeah. So I'm harvesting, well, you're harvesting, I'm harvesting the whole the garlic, thing, right. Comes out. If it was like lettuce or something, again, I'd probably take the whole thing out think about what would one that would kind of stay in there that you'd work around for a while or not take out. I think I'm taking out everything that I can think of.
2: Yeah. Well, here's here's a couple of cases where cutting it off at the roots might be better than pulling the whole thing out. Okay. Number one is if you're growing anything in the pea and bean family. So let's say your okay. shell peas are done and then you want to plant some tomatoes in their place or whatever. Mm-hmm. In that case, I would actually recommend cutting the the top growth off, but leaving the roots intact because the roots have little nitrogen-fixing nodules on them uh, okay. in the pea and bean family, and the nitrogen that's contained in them can then be returned to the soil when you leave those root that you know the roots in place and let them mm-hmm. kind of naturally decompose. So that would be a case where cutting it off would be better. Also it, at my house with my cabbage and my, um, my lettuce, I cut those off at the base because a lot of times later on in the season, they'll re-sprout and give me a little, you know, a second crop out of those.
0: A second crop is always good. All right. Thank you very much. Listen, we're going to take a break now. And when we come back after CBS Radio News at the bottom of the hour, we want to get back to more of your phone calls. But it'll be Talking Trees with Davey Trees. Number to be on the program, 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank, instant access, kdkradio.com. And you can text us at the right automotive line, which happens to be the best deal in town. We've got one minute to the break, and I want to dedicate it all to you because you've got a very big day today beginning at 10 o'clock.
1: I'll be at Sorgles 10 o'clock for the 16th annual Everybody Gardens Doug Oster Plant Swap and Giveaway. We have so much fun. It's an hour of mayhem. It's an hour of garden mayhem. <laughs> uh, 10 o'clock today at Sorgles, trading plants, giving away lots of tomato plants. Uh, the the Limbaugh Legacy potato Top tomato is just a big, ugly, wonderful-tasting, meaty, one-pound great tomato. I have a complicated recipe where you just cut one slice, get two pieces of white bread, get some mayonnaise, some salt, put them together, and go to heaven. It's called a tomato sandwich. Also giving away 3945 tomatoes, lots of other tomatoes from the greenhouse. Today, 10 a.m. Sorgals. It's going to be a lot of fun.
0: So this is kind of like an hour of garden mayhem, this show every week. Yeah, how true. (laughs) Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) No comment. Stay stay with us. The news coming up next and then more of Doug and Jess and Davy Trees. Davy.com to find out more. We're talking trees next on KDKA Radio.
1: We are talking trees with our friend Miles Stevens from the Davy Tree Expert Company. We're going to start off talking about the benefits of trees. Miles, I can't stand it when I see new construction. They take out an entire forest and you know it's just more stormwater. yeah more stormwater runoff run and scrape away the good soil and
6: leave the new development with subsoil and whatever so yeah it sort of makes it then they plant a few trees and it makes it sort of tough for them to do well you
1: know so when i ask about the benefit of the trees are you going to be able to just do the next 10 minutes on all the good things that trees <clears throat> do for us
6: i'm not sure i can do the next 10 minutes but there's certainly <laughs> we know a lot of benefits to having uh you know, the trees on your your home landscape, anywhere, really. You know, think of what initial thing you always think of is uh, going back, they always talk about in schools of, you know, taking carbon ox- or carbon dioxide and pollutants and producing oxygen. i uh, say an average size tree could produce about 260 pounds of oxygen a year. Two trees could produce enough oxygen for a family of four per year. Wow. So that's, that's a benefit right there. Um, shade, cooling, you know, summertime, uh, talk to people who have nice shade trees around their home and. Their air conditioning, electric bills are substantially less. Some people don't even use it, so you get that benefit of the shade, the cooling, that type of thing. Deciduous trees, wintertime, a good thing, drop the leaves, actually. You get the sun anytime you get that warming, you get the benefit of that. So,
1: Yeah, I'm still so, blowing leaves. Is that a benefit?
6: Uh sure. Yeah, well, it's job, <laughs> it's job security. You like being outside the whole time, right? You realize that's a good thing, but uh, –
0: You know what, Jess, come over to this mic here. Yes, something happened to your microphone, but that's okay. Wow. It's live radio. They keep playing with the equipment. All right, go ahead, Jessica. Step up, and we will okay, pull you.
2: anyway, so what I was saying was uh, I saw a television show where they actually had an infrared sensor or a heat sensor, and they did it on the on an asphalt street, and it was like 185 degrees or something there. This was in California. And then they did it on the asphalt street when there was a tree overhead, and it was like 40 degrees less. So we're talking about a major – with trees giving a major reduction in this sort of heat island effect that we have in cities, right?
6: Right. Yeah, I even remember seeing a study at one point in time where they showed that you had to you know, go to like an outdoor mall type area. And ones that had trees and one didn't have trees. And the people traffic they got on the, the one with trees was substantially more than one without. People like you know the, the shade, just uh, overall. And that's one of the things too, is, you know, trees can be therapeutic in that way. You know, in the sense that uh, people like to look, to look at them, to feel, you know, I even saw another study one time I talked about like people in a hospital and people had a view of trees and, and landscape and wildlife type recovered more quickly than people were looking out onto, you know. So there's, you know, why, how that works, I'm not sure, but I think there's just a calming effect know to have seen greenery like that yeah know so that's that's another benefit i think uh, uh, of trees there they improved and the other benefit i guess trees that uh, if you look from the very uh, practical person's point of view they increase your property value too I guess another value but you know we don't always think of but that's the
1: case there too now what kind of things you've been seeing out there that we should be worried about well we're always worried
6: right well <laughs> i am seeing we're seeing a lot of uh, needle cast on like douglas fir and also blue spruce Yeah, what does that look like? Well, what you'll see is a unusual amount of uh, needle drop, and trees will look real uh, ragged, whatever. And you go and look underneath, and there's a lot of needles. You look on the needles themselves, and you'll see uh, discoloration, maybe midway through the needle, or at the end of the needles. But the main thing, the easiest thing to see is just. Why you know why are they looking so thin, why are they looking so bare you know why are they dropping all these needles?
2: and that's a fungal pathogen, and we were talking earlier about how wet it has been this spring, and so when we have a season like this we we have a greater incidence right. of those types of fungal issues cropping yeah, yeah, up. Disease,
6: disease likes moisture, needs moisture, and you know we're getting all this rain and, and it's good for growing things, but the flip side is if you're a you're a fungus, you love moisture, so right. you're like happy. Right.
1: There's a fungus among us.
2: It is. But we should talk about that other yeah, one that people one of, think of is a fungus. One of our number one
1: questions.
2: So, and Miles, we want to to ask you about this because, um you know, we have an incredible amount of questions about lichens, which people describe them as a sort of gray-green circular growth on the sides of their trees, and they get very, very worried about them. Explain what they are and if there's any negative impacts on trees because of the lichen present. Yeah,
6: lichens are just know, little organisms that look for something to grow yeah. on. And, you know, you find them on your trees, but, you know, if you look on, you have any stone walls or even a sidewalk. So they just look for somewhere to, to grow, to live. They're, they're not parasitic in the sense that they're going to take energy away from the tree. not going to injure the tree. And the amount you see can vary. You know, you get several wet years in a row, you'll see more. If it dries up, you're going to see less, you know. So in the end, it's really not an issue around here that I would be concerned with. It just, you know, not to the point where it covers it you know, foliage and that type of thing. it just basically on the trunks of the trees. You see moss also yeah. in the same situation. It's just, you know, a relation to uh, overall moisture conditions, excessive moisture conditions, and makes it ideal for it to grow. But it's, it's not going injure, to uh, injure your plants.
1: That's always a good question to answer, though, because it's always a. Usually, when you get a question about some kind of fungal issue on a tree, it's like, well, I got some bad news for you, but this is good news. (laughs) Like, you don't have to worry. It's just lichens. We like our lichens,
6: right? It's like, yeah, nothing to worry about. Like in the fall, when people's white pines and arborvitae are dropping brown Mm -hmm. needles, you say, don't worry, that's perfectly normal.
1: <clears throat> you know so yeah. it's like
6: it's the good news thing with it so it's, <laughs> it's not an issue
1: all right miles stick around for more information about Davy tree or to ask what's going on with your trees go to www.davey.com slash kdka and don't forget you can always call the experts at Davy tree at 855 982 tree that's 855 982 8733
0: we'll be back back to more of the organic gardeners and here's doug oster Oh, she's a grower, a horticulturist, and our own
1: garden goddess, Denise Schreiber. How you doing, Denise? How about all this rain?
3: Uh, you know what? I'm starting <laughs> to get webbing between my toes. <laughs> you know? And, starting. And I can bob on water nonstop. <laughs> so while we're talking about trees this morning, I'd like people to know about another invasive pest, unfortunately. Uh, it's called the spotted lanternfly, and um, the immature insects are hatching now but um, it's unlike emerald ash borer which pretty much targeted ash trees and a couple other members in that family spotted lanternfly which is actually a beautiful moth uh, targets over 70 uh, species of trees and shrubs and vines and fruits Um, eastern pennsylvania there are several counties that are already under quarantine but it has already spread into Maryland and Virginia. And when the female lays her eggs, she doesn't just, like, lay it on a plant. She lays it on the back of a camper, on your car, and it's a small uh, smear is the best way to describe it. So you don't know that you're transporting it, but it is just deadly. They haven't found anything to contain it yet. So people can Google it so they can see what the uh, mature and immature Um, insect looks like. Um, And if Miles is still there, he may actually want to talk a little bit more about it. But if you see it, you know, look at the picture. And if you see it, please call the Department of Agriculture right away or Penn State Extension because they will go out and try and, you know, either take the egg casing or the adult. If you can kill the adult, that's fine. You know, but just so they can confirm its presence, because this is something we really don't want. If you think about wine, you know, it loves grapevines, you know, which is a big crop in central Pennsylvania, but also up in the Erie area, too.
2: Yeah, and they uh, actually are, there's lots of different, do you have any experience with them yet, Miles?
6: Not yet, but we've been alerted to the fact that uh, they are out there. And initially, I think the thoughts were that uh, their main host plant was uh, Tree of Heaven, which Some cases we weren't necessarily devastated about, Uh, but now like uh, Snowdall was saying, now they found it multiple, multiple hosts. Which I think is typical. A lot of times of invasive species, a lot of times it's Mm -hmm. just on this one plant, but now it's multiple plants. We have not seen it as far as I know in Western Pennsylvania.
1: Yeah, we haven't seen it yet. Uh, What's the prognosis? Do we know? Is it going to make it here, or I'm sure it will. I mean,
6: like you're saying, it it, the female lays eggs, and it this is on trees. It can be in an old piece of wood. Be a firewood, could be, be in a camper, and so people don't know they're transporting it around. And so, I'm certain that that's how a lot of it gets spread around. I mean, it's uh, I'm not sure their mobility, how far they can fly anything like it. But the adult female is very colorful, yeah, it's, a, it's beautiful,
2: it's a beautiful, <clears> especially <throat> when the wings are spread. It's a beautiful insect, but it's actually uh, Berks County, they just issued an alert, the uh, cooperative- Cooperative Extension for Berks County, which is actually where my parents live, I saw that they have uh, a homeowner had actually reported spotting the the nymphs on a tree and um, posted a picture. And I, you know, Mrs. Know-It-All, I mean, everybody needs to look at a picture of this insect, Google it as she recommended to see, so that if you see it in your garden, you know you can report it because they really do need to contain this. I don't know that they ever will get it contained, but whatever efforts we can make are going to be in the right direction. So, yeah, it's pretty scary stuff. All
0: right. Let's go to the phones and say hello to Ann North Hills. This is something that Miles could help her with. Hey, Ann, how are you? Welcome to KDK Radio. Good morning. Good
5: morning. Um, I have a question about a fig tree. I have had mine uh, growing in a pot now. This is like the fourth or fifth year, and it's doing phenomenally. But we are replacing our deck and putting a roof on it. Is the indirect light going to be enough? Or if it's not, if we put a little skylight on the end of it, would that help?
1: Constructing a skylight for your fig tree. I like that that. idea. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think, Miles? Is that enough sun to get a fig tree going? i think they're a
6: full sun kind of plant. yeah and it's yeah, like yeah. that's going to be sort of tough for it, you know, because it's going to get you know limited number of hours right. of sunlight during the course of the day no matter what you're going to try to do there so i i, I don't think that's
5: do you going have to a, well. a
2: front porch or a walk or somewhere else you can put the pot even on a driveway or something like that
5: no and like planting it in the yard we have so many deer it would just be like dessert time How about at the so base I may have of the st- to give it
2: away How about at the base of the stairs off of the deck like down at the at the bottom of the steps that lead off the deck?
5: That would be in our driveway.
1: How about designing mm. a roof that gives you a little bit of room for your fig tree?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. are you going to live without you your fig tree? Not. I know. you think there'd be somewhere <laughs> else on your property that you can do You know, here's the thing. We have a lot of deer at my place, and I have never had a deer nibble on my fig tree.
1: Yeah, mine are inside really? the, yeah. inside the vegetable garden, so I don't know.
2: I have never had a problem. And it is a pot where, I mean, it is. I put the pot in a place where the deer come through. So, well, I when mean- you- it's worth a try
1: when you want to get rid of that fig tree give me a call i'll come get it from you <laughs> all
0: right here, here's a, here's a text message <laughs> he just wants a
2: free fig tree <laughs> from out,
0: right automotive text line and I, i've read it four times so i don't think we've ever had a question like this hello i have a two by two foot area with a block wall around it can you recommend a type of flowering shrub that won't harm my wall
2: oh usually it's the wall uh, yeah. Will harm the uh, yeah, yeah, plant. yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, is yeah. The plant not Well, some work the wall. went into
0: the wall, so you know. Right. What do you think? Two, two by two is by pretty two small, point? so
2: you're gonna need like a really something that stays really petite in there. Nice little
1: boxwood. That
2: that would be something good if you're looking for evergreen, like a like a dwarf box would be really good. There's some really good dwarf inkberry hollies. Um, that would be a good evergreen that would go in there as well. If you're looking for flowering, I would do one of the. Um, This is assuming it's getting a decent amount of sun, but not too much. One of the new dwarf flowering hydrangeas, like the panicle hydrangea, that would be good. There's one called uh, Bobo that's that's smaller. Um, Something like that would be cool. I would just make sure whatever you choose is not going to get too large for that area. Choose something that's going to stay very small and compact.
1: You know, speaking of the boxwoods, are you seeing a lot of that
6: boxwood blight? Yeah, yeah, increased amount the last couple of years on boxwood blight. Seen a lot of uh, leaf miner also oh, and solid yes. on boxwoods also. But, yeah, I've had some boxwoods where just you know, stems die out and uh, you know, prune them out. Not a whole lot more you could really do with that one, but I've seen more of that. And once again, I know that it's a function of the amount of rain we've had. Moisture conditions make it more ideal for... You know, canker and that type of thing to be an issue. I
1: mean, just what do you think about planting boxwoods now because of the boxwood blight? Would you rather see inkberry go in or what, what are you thinking?
2: That's an option. I mean, I have two different types of boxwood, actually three different types of boxwood at my house. I have not had any problem with boxwood blight at this time, um, but the boxwood leaf miners um, have been huge. And actually, I did a video up on the Savvy Gardening YouTube channel about the boxwood leaf miners because they are so interesting that... They sound like they make the bush sound like Rice Krispies. Oh, you were
1: telling me about yeah, that.
2: Yeah, you put your ear up to it, and it sounds like you can hear them actually chewing inside of the leaves. And so, there's some easy ways, meaning timing of the pruning and things like that, that you can get them in check. But so far, no problems with the boxwood blight. But I would look into resistant varieties if you are worried about that. Is there time for like another those. call,
0: Rob? Yeah, we've got about one minute to say goodbye. I think we can take care of Anita here. Anita, about a minute. Go ahead. Welcome to KDK Hi. Radio.
5: Hi. Good morning. Thanks for the call. Um, my three-year-old, uh, uh, my roses, the three-year-old knockout roses did not come back this year. Oh. I've got all these brown canes. Uh, when I went around this yesterday, I saw at the very bottom, there's a little bit of leaves coming back. Can I trim those dead canes off?
2: Yes, absolutely. And have unlocked
5: that plant.
2: No, if you have new growth coming out of the base, um, I believe knockouts are on their own root so I think that would be fine to prune out the dead. And, and rose tone, feed them rose tone. Yep, absolutely.
5: Rose tone. Okay. Yep. Okay. Thank,
2: Thank you. you.
1: Well, join me today at Sorgles at 10 a.m. I'll be doing my annual 16th annual plant swap and giveaway. We're going to give away a lot of cool tomato plants and bring some plants. Trade them. Meet some like-minded people. Like I said, 10 a.m. sorgals, it's one hour of garden mayhem.
2: And get there at 10. <laughs> yeah, and, I'm not, and I'll tell you this.
1: No one is trading before 10 a.m. Okay. I'm going to be there at 9, and I'm going to prevent this from happening.
2: Okay, good. That's good.
1: Remember, the organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden.
2: And a safer place to
1: live.